Money FM 89.3, the best of night tracks. Passion Pursuits. My guest this week is a man of many talents, an engineer in the energy sector by profession. He is well-versed in music and the literary arts and is also experienced in interpreting and translation. Clement Huang shares his love for Chinese calligraphy on Passion Pursuits. Joining me on Passion Pursuits this week is Clement Huang, a process engineer in the energy sector. Welcome, Clement. Hi, Lynn, and good day to all the listeners. Now, Clement, tell us, how did you first learn calligraphy? Um, my parents were Chinese educated and they liked you know, the, the traditional arts. But I think my first venture into Chinese calligraphy was not with a brush. It was with a pen, actually. And I passed by one of the shops at Brass Basa Complex, which sells DVDs and stuff like that. And I chanced upon a DVD that taught how to write Chinese calligraphy using fountain pen. So I started watching and practicing from there. And yeah, it grew from there. That's very interesting. Is that quite common? Yeah, in fact, so if you join the calligraphy competitions these days, right, you will find that there are actually two categories. There is a brush category and there is a pen category. And mm. surprisingly, the pen category is just as hotly contested as the brush category. What about yourself as a hobby? Which do you prefer? Well, I guess this is a, a very interesting topic. I can't really say which one I prefer, but my sense is that they are almost two different disciplines. If you think about music as an analog, right? Uh, think about playing the piano versus playing the harpsichord. They are mm -hmm. both keyboard instruments, but they have totally different capabilities. They have totally different limitations, and mm -hmm. each one requires you to approach it in a different way. Mm. Did you have a teacher? Not formally. If if I may go on a bit more into the history of, course, of please you know, do. What, yeah, how I veered into this hobby. So I found a, a Taiwan group on Facebook that has a few hundred thousand members these days. Wow. And yeah, inside it, there are a few people who are highly skilled in not just calligraphy, but they are also deep knowledge in the history of development of Chinese script. They are all based in Taiwan. Okay. So I started making friends with them and in fact, um, starting 2015, I flew to Taiwan every year uh, during my annual leave. Partly is on holiday, but mm. also partly is to meet up with them. You know, oh, okay. So, although I never took any lessons formally, but almost all the conversations with them almost serve as lessons. They tell mm. me what to look out for, what resources to research on, how to improve myself. Mm, okay. I remember you mentioned uh, before that the person who guided you with your calligraphy was uh, quite interesting in the sense that this person actually had, had a very methodical approach to teaching calligraphy. Right. So so this guy is one of my friends from Taiwan. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, the earlier part of his life, right, he really uh, worked as a calligraphy teacher, but later he moved on to, to something else. Mm -hmm. But how he taught me was that he, instead of talking about very abstract concepts. He actually tried to break down, you know, what looks good and what doesn't look good to the eye mm -hmm. into geometrical shapes. So mm -hmm. he would tell me things like, okay, this shape looks nice. This shape doesn't look nice. 
This, if you divide the space into shapes that look like this, it looks stable. If you divide the space into shapes that look like this, it is unstable. So he had a much more technical view of things. Uh, and uh, for me, that was very good because as introduced, I am an engineer. So <laughs> I, I like to think of things in more concrete and tangible ways. right? So the things that he told me gave me a very tangible way of looking at calligraphy. And then I have a much better way of evaluating whether I am progressing or not. Very interesting because very often we think of the arts, uh, including calligraphy, as something very abstract, right? And then something you either have it or you don't have it. <laughs> right. Actually, coming to, to today, right, a lot of this has actually changed. And to me, that is a, a good thing. It means that the quality of instruction in the arts has become much better mm. because the practitioners and educators and pedagogues, they have ways to break down the art into elements that can be analyzed right and to see and so each element can be individually evaluated to see the quality of it i mean that's how competitions work right you talk about piano competitions mm. you talk about calligraphy competitions how can they be judged if everything is so abstract there mm. has to be some form of rubric isn't it yeah so i think to be able to break down something into you know elements that can be looked at and judged and evaluated it makes for a very good way, a good starting point for education and sharing. Of course, uh, you know, in the arts, there is always the, the saying that the whole is greater than the sum of its mm -hmm. parts, right? So there is always the final integration element. But I guess that will be, you know, something that happens at a much more advanced mm. stage. But still, wonderful to know that um, people who might be less talented like myself in calligraphy can actually learn it in a clear and, and simple way, I suppose. Yeah. I just want to go back to the actual brush strokes. How do you actually start it? Do you have to prepare for that? Or it just comes naturally? Well, as of anything physical, right, there is a, a kind of a warm-up to it. But it's not, it's not warming up your body, but it's warming up your mind in fact i would say that it's like a relaxation to it because the first few characters you write right you, mm -hmm. the mind tends to be very busy and you are very perfectionistic you want to get this right get yes. that detail right show this and show that <laughs> so when you are so obsessed uh, um actually what comes out is usually not very nice because mm. you are not relaxed yeah yeah trying too hard so mm -hmm. after it takes me, uh, usually, I'll write for five to ten characters. So that's why usually I start, I'll, I'll take like, you know, waste paper and write a few characters on the waste mm -hmm. paper just to, you know, get myself into the, to the groove and start feeling more relaxed before I actually start writing proper. Okay. Do you have a particular brush you must use? What makes a good brush good? In fact, there are four qualities that uh, define a good brush. One is that it's round, right? The, the tip of it cannot be sh uh, too sharp. It has to be rounded so mm. you can move thick and thin easily. Second is the tip has to be sharp, which means that you cannot have uh, like stray hairs running around. Okay. The third one is that it has to be even, means that as you push down on all the hairs, uh, all the hairs have to line up perfectly flat. You cannot have some hair long, some hair short. And wow. the, sorry, off the top of my head, I can, I can only remember three. 
Okay. So out of curiosity, how many years have you been doing this? Fountain pen, I think, since 2015. Okay. Brush, actually brush really started during COVID. Uh. Wow, okay. So you got very good at it in a very short time. As I mentioned, right, first thing is that it's, it's the, the level of guidance that you have. Right? You know, I have very good friends who gave me very good advice, very good guidance. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time is that I, especially during COVID, I had a lot of time at home. Uh. <laughs> Okay, Clement, what do you hope to do with your calligraphy skills? Do you hope to give back uh, to the community in some way? Yes, of course. I think it's something that is meant to be shared, right? It's, it's not something that, you know, you, you hop onto for, for profit and things like that. Mm-hmm. So so one of the calligraphy works that people like to write is the the Heart Sutra, right, in Buddhism. If, if you are Buddhism practitioner, there's a very good chance you would know what it is. It's uh, one of the, the shortest sutra. It's uh, 260 characters. That's why it's uh, reasonably easy to write on a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I some of my friends approach me to write this for them so that they can display it in their homes, right? I do not ask for payment. Instead, what I do is that uh, I ask them to donate to a certain charity of their choice. Uh. Mm. And so far, I think three or four people have already taken out this offer and some of them have donated surprisingly, you know, much larger sums that I wow. was expecting. Uh. Wow. So I, I think this is, you know, this is not for myself. This is for, you know, if you can afford it, right, why not you know, mm. donate your money to the community and, and help the charities who need it. Uh. Mm, okay. So, will we catch you in action anywhere? There will be a sharing session uh, organised by the Ministry of Communication and Information, the MCI, mm-hmm. right, under the Citizen Translator Program. Mm-hmm. And for that, I will be sharing the history of uh, Chunlian or the history of the couplets that were displayed during the Chinese New Year season mm. with the Citizen Translators. Okay, before I let you go, perhaps if you can share some tips with me. You know, Clement, I've always liked Chinese calligraphy, but was never really good at it. And, well, I put it down to the fact that I'm a left-hander, or use it as an excuse anyway, and you know what that means. So writing Chinese, you know, with the stroke order and all that, yeah, the way Chinese characters came about, they are just not meant for people who write with their left hand. What are your thoughts on this? In fact, you asked a very important question. Mm. In fact, it is quite controversial these days okay. because there are two schools of ways of thinking about this issue. One of the schools of thought right, is that Chinese characters are designed for right-handed people. Yes. So force yourself. <laughs> yeah, you have to change the right hand to right. Yeah. This is one school of thought. Okay. But, yes, but another school of thought is that um, there are ways that you can teach your left hand to write such that you know you can make it flow nicely also okay my thinking is this okay this is just my again uh, i am not left-handed so i do <laughs> not think i am qualified to speak so much on this mm-hmm. but my thinking is that if we talk about a pen right like fountain pen and typewriter there are certain types of pens and nibs that are more friendly towards left-handers mm, that's so, right because for right hand if you think about it, right, the, the strokes are written from left to right. So your action is pulling. Mm. Whereas for left hand, you are pushing. Pushing action is actually not very comfortable. Mm. So there are certain pens that are designed in ways that make it much smoother and a lot easier to push. So uh, start with those pens first. Uh, get comfortable before you start moving to other types of writing instruments. Uh. For brush, actually, it doesn't matter so much because the brush is insensitive to direction. 
In fact, I've been seeing some Japanese calligraphers on Instagram who are left-handed and they write extremely well. For the brush, I think the, the limitation is is less. La. Okay, but you always run the risk of smudging your work. <laughs> okay. In fact, no. In fact, uh, I would say the right-hander has a higher risk of smudging than the left-hander. Oh, how is that? Because Chinese writing and Japanese writing writes from top to oh, bottom, that's right, right that's to right, left, that's right, right to left, right? Mm-hmm. So you you fill up the right-hand side of the page before you start mm, moving to the that's left. That's true, that's so, true. Yeah, the portion of the hand that is resting on the table will end up contacting the wet parts if you're not careful. Uh, so that's why... Actually, left-handers, if you are writing in the traditional way, you have a much smaller chance of smudging. Okay, thank you so much for that, Clement, for sharing so much about calligraphy with us. I can really feel your passion for this form of art. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks. Clement Huang, a Chinese calligraphy hobbyist, sharing with me his passion for the Chinese art form. Passion Pursuits 